Hi, I'm George Foreman. Do you have an idea for a new product or invention? People ask me all the time, George, how do I get my idea in front of companies? How do I get a patent? What do I do next? Do you have the same questions? I'll tell you like I'll tell them all. Call my friends at InventHelp. Call InventHelp today for free information. InventHelp can submit your invention to companies who are interested in receiving new ideas. To get your free inventor's information, call 1-800-352-3719. That's 1-800-352-3719. This is Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. Good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. I am your host coming to you from my studio, a.k.a. my living room in Atlanta, Georgia. This is Tuesday. It's 8 p.m. This is Beyond the Batch. You could be anywhere in the world right now, but you decided to stop by and listen to this crazy guy talk to you for a few minutes about the top police cases in the country. And before I get started, we know that in a few days, it's Turkey Day. It's Thanksgiving And if you're anything like me, you've been doing your crunches, you've been doing your sit-ups, you've been doing your pull-ups, you've been doing your push-ups, your cardio, all in preparation for the big meal this Thursday. But it's more than just a big meal, Thanksgiving. It's what we have to be thankful for. And I got to tell you, we got a lot to be thankful for because we live in the best country in the world, bar none. Despite what you see in TV right now about the protest of the 45th president-elect and the so-called racism behind it and everything going on in this country, we live in the best country in the world. And there's a reason that people from other countries in droves try to get to the United States of America because they know it's not for the women. It's not for the cars, it's not for the fame, it's not for the money. They know that it's the best country in the world, bar none. The freest country in the world, bar none. And if you're not thankful for anything else, just be thankful that you live in the United States of America. Now, before I get into the main topic of tonight's show, which is a a war on police that has been happening over the last few days, and I mean a war, I want to talk uh, real quick about the uh, Philando Castile case that was back in July in St. Paul, Minnesota. This is the, the guy whose girlfriend or baby mama or whoever filmed him being shot and him essentially dying on Facebook Live, right? So, and of course, it was a whole black and white thing, even though the officer was Hispanic. So now the district attorney, uh, John Chewy, is saying that the officer's charged with manslaughter because there was no justification in the shooting. And I'm going to read a quote. I'm going to read a little bit of this article and then talk about it here to this uh, Ramsey County attorney, John Chewy. So he says a review of dash cam 
A review of dashboard camera video revealed that no reasonable officer would have used deadly force in the circumstance. Philando Castillo was not resisting or fleeing. Choi added at a press conference on Wednesday, there was absolutely no criminal intent exhibited by him throughout this encounter. He was respectful and compliant. He volunteered in good faith that he had a firearm beyond what the law requires. The beloved school cafeteria manager was shot and killed by Yanez during a routine traffic stop. The shooting unleashed days of protest and some violent clashes between demonstrators and police. Okay, so no reasonable officer. There was absolutely no criminal intent. He was respectful and compliant. Those are the three things I want to focus on. So it's easy, really easy for this attorney, John Choi, who I'm convinced was pressured into making this decision because of the whole protest and the Black Lives Matter and all of this other stuff, you know, kind of like a place called hmm, Baltimore, Maryland. I'm sure there was some political reasoning behind why he charged this officer with manslaughter, but I'm not quite sure what dashboard camera video he was watching, and I'm not sure if he looked at her video where she streamed on Facebook Live. No reasonable officer. Well, let's break that down. A reasonable officer on several occasions after being told there was a gun in the vehicle and after being told he has a carry permit, which is irrelevant at the time of the traffic stop because it cannot be confirmed, did make several statements. Don't move. Stop moving around. But in the video, the Facebook live video, you can still see Fidel Castile, Philando Castile, still moving around, still making what officers say are furtive movements. So a reasonable officer who knows there's a gun in the vehicle, who knows that the individual that he is talking to is moving around, making furtive movements, could reasonably articulate that, oh, he may be going for a gun, right? Now, the whole, there was no criminal intent. Huh, really? Now, I remember when the female, his girlfriend, was in the back of the patrol car and still live streaming, by the way, says, oh yeah, we got stopped for no reason. Oh yeah, he told him he had a gun and he didn't move. Oh, yeah, he told him he had a gun, but he was only moving to get his license. Oh, he moved his right arm. Oh, he moved his left arm. But besides that, let's talk criminal intent. Well, we really didn't do anything. We just had some weed in the car. Hmm. We had weed in the car. Now, I'm sorry. Now, some people may think it's minor, but weed is a criminal intent. So for this attorney, John Chewy, 
Choi, or however you say it, Chewbacca, I don't really care. For him to say there was no criminal intent, that is ridiculous. Because if you're in the commission of a crime, driving a vehicle on a public road with marijuana, Mary Jane, weed, the sticky icky in your car, you have criminal intent. So, he was not resisting or fleeing. Okay. Does that mean that the only time you can shoot someone is if they're fleeing? No. Because your average shootout is face-to-face. It's not when someone's running down the street and they turn around like the Terminator and they can shoot you while they're running really fast. It doesn't work that way. Your average shootout is face-to-face. So, reasonable officer. Here's there's a gun in the car. Sees this guy moving around. Tells him several times, do not move. He continues to move. It's on the video. He continues to move. And then what happens? The officer believes there's an imminent threat against his life, the lives of his partners and anybody else that may be around him. So, He fires a shot, killing Mr. Castile. Now, to his family, yes, it is tragic. But let's think back to Baltimore. Let's think back to Ferguson. Let's think back to a lot of these cases where people are so in an uproar to get charges. Because they want a Monday morning quarterback a case and say, oh, what shouldn't have happened? What shouldn't have happened here in that split second? Oh, he was not resisting or fleeing. Oh, a reasonable officer would not have used deadly force in these circumstances. Oh, this, that, and the other. Well, you've never been a reasonable officer in those circumstances. And you've never had to make split-second decisions. It's real easy for a county attorney to sit back for months. Remember, this happened in July. We're in November. It's easy for a county attorney to sit back for months and say, I'm going to make my decision based on this. This officer didn't have months to say, well, if I let this guy keep moving, and he reaches for the gun, and he shoots me in the head because I'm four feet away from him, and I die, then my family's affected. They'll never see me again. The department's affected. But nobody will really care because I'm just an officer shot by a black man. So I'm going to wait and make that decision. I'm going to hold off making that decision. I'm not going to react based on the situation. I'm not going to react based on imminent threat of death or bodily injury. I'm just going to wait and make a decision. No, it doesn't work that way. So, Baltimore, six officers, Freddie Gray. I said it at the start. There's not a chance in hell they would get a conviction. What happened? No convictions. Cases dropped. Michael Brown, you know, hands up, don't shoot. The Department of Justice even went in and crushed that theory. 
based on forensic evidence. Guess what? No conviction, no indictment for Officer Wilson. So here you have an officer captured on not only dash cam, I believe there may have been a body cam, but on Facebook Live that shows everything that went on. So let's add the factors up if you're a juror, right? There's a traffic stop. There's a gun. You can see him moving around. I'm sure any expert can go on the stand as an expert witness and testify about furtive movement. And I'm sure any defense attorney for this officer, even if it's their first case, is going to say, well, wait a minute. The individual that was shot had weed, marijuana, sticky icky, the ooey in his vehicle. So my client could have been under the impression that he was reaching for a gun, but in reality, he was reaching to hide his marijuana that my client at the time of the shooting had no idea was in the vehicle. Do you really think that a jury's going to convict this officer of manslaughter based on what's on that video, based on what was in the car, based on the baby mama's multiple stories during her own video? All of this stuff is going to be used as evidence in this case. And if there's a conviction in this case, it will be simply because they want to appease the black community in the city of St. Paul, Minnesota. But if I was a betting man, and I got a pretty good track record on these cases, if I was a betting man, I would say there's not a chance in hell that this officer is going to be convicted of manslaughter based on what I saw in that video. But I guess only time will tell. Of course, it's going to be months and months down the road before this even goes to trial and before we know anything. But prepare yourselves, prepare yourselves for riots and protests in the city of St. Paul. That's all I'm going to say about that. But let's get on to the real topic. And I want to talk to you about what's going on. And it's it's sickening. It's It's heartbreaking. It's saddening to think what's going on. And this year, 58, 58 police officers, 58. That means there should have been 58 protests and riots across this country. 58 police officers have been shot and killed in the line of duty. One third, one third of that is based on ambush style attacks, which means they planned They calculated their actions, the killers, in an effort to kill police. Ambush, Rambo, Commando, Navy SEAL, a war against police. Now imagine with me for a minute, and like many of us, including myself, because I'm not in law enforcement anymore, Like many, many of us, we go to work every day in some type of office environment, right? We have a building, 
You may have a cubicle. You may have your own office. You may have a desk in the middle of the floor. But you go to work at the office, right? Hey, I'm already at the office. I'm going into the office. I'm at the office. And in your office, at your office, you do your work throughout your eight-hour shift. You do your reports. You check emails. You have meetings. You do all of this stuff in your office. You may even have a break room. You may even have a cafeteria where you go to lunch. All of this is done in your office. Now, think for a minute. Even with all the workplace violence that has happened in the past, how many of us go into work and think that, hey, at any given second, someone can walk in, shoot someone twice in the head, shoot me, walk out simply because they don't like the clothes I'm wearing, simply because they had a problem with something else that I may or may not have done just because they wanted to, they could walk in and shoot me in my office. None of us really think about that throughout the day, except for police officers. And you're probably asking, why are you using the analogy of an office? Well, it's simple. When I was in patrol, Guess where my office was in my patrol car? We kept pens, clipboards, reports. Remember I said people sit in their office and do reports. We checked emails on our computers. We communicated with our bosses via meetings in our office. We made phone calls from our office, our patrol car. Now, that patrol car serves as an officer's office for their 8 or 10 hour shift. Now, they know at any given minute, someone could come up, pull the trigger, shoot them, and there's nothing they could even do to get their gun out in their office. And that's what's happened over the last weekend here in the U.S. of A. It started in San Antonio, where Detective Benjamin Marconi was shot and killed while he was on a traffic stop in his office. He was writing a ticket, a.k.a. he was writing a report. He was reporting the, the offense of the traffic stop. And this individual decided, hmm, I'm going to pull up behind him get out of my vehicle, and I'm going to shoot him through the window, hitting him in the head, and somewhere else. So, do you think Officer McConey had a chance to even know what hit him? No, because he was minding his business inside his office, and someone decided to take him out. So the suspect was taken into custody, 31-year-old Otis Tyrone, McCain and for all you BLMs who just believe that oh when police capture black people they shoot and kill them well he's black he's alive he didn't get shot so Otis Tyrone McCain says and this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard and I'm pretty sure it's a scapegoat 
of why he really did what he did. He says, I've been through several custody battles and I was upset at the situation I was in and I lashed out at someone who didn't deserve it. So just so I'm clear, you park your car behind Officer Marconi's car. You premeditate your thought. You get out of your vehicle. You walk up to his patrol car, adding more premeditation. You pull the trigger, shooting him in the head, killing him instantly. You get back in your car and you flee. All because you say you've been through several custody battles and you are upset. And you lashed out at someone who didn't deserve it. That is the best you could come up with. Because let me break it down for you there, sir. Let me break this down for you, Otis Tyrone. If you've been through several custody battles, there's this saying, keep it in your pants. Or if you're going to be upset with someone, A, be upset with yourself and B, be upset with your baby mamas. Because Officer Marconi had nothing to do with your custody battles and that bullcrap story that you just spit out. Oh, I was I was upset about custody battles, so I wanted to take it out on somebody. Oh, there's a whole bunch of people you could have taken it out on. Oh, you could have said, oh, your honor, I don't agree with this settlement, your honor. Oh, baby mama number one. I don't agree with my child support, baby mama number two. I don't agree with my visitation days, baby mama number three. I don't agree that you have a man living in the house. Those are the people you could have taken it out on. But for you to just pull up behind Officer McConey, minding his own business on a Sunday afternoon, getting out of your vehicle, pulling the trigger, killing him, taking him away from it. His family, since you want to talk custody battles, you just took him away from his family all because of that BS excuse. And I'm sure as this trial goes on, because there's going to be a trial, and guess what? You did capital murder on a police in the state of Texas who believes very much in the death penalty. So you, sir... Otis Tyrone are screwed. I can't say the word I really want to say, but you are screwed because if convicted, which I'm guessing you're going to be convicted, you're going to face the death penalty. And guess what? You will die at the hands of the state of Texas. So you'll have years and years and years to think about your custody battles, to think about all the little Otises that you won't see anymore. To think about all the baby mamas that you won't see anymore because your custody right now is the last thing you need to be worried about. You, sir, are screwed. You're going to get what you deserve because you took this officer away from his family on a BS tip. And how many of us remember St. Louis, remember Ferguson, remember Michael Brown? So not only did Officer McConey get shot this past Sunday ambush style There was an officer in St. Louis, they haven't released his name, 46-year-old, he had been on the force for 20 years, married, father of three, 
shot twice in the face inside his office, inside his patrol car. He was sitting in traffic when someone decided, I'm just going to drive up beside him, gangster style, and shoot him like he's Tupac. And Suge Knight, through the window, he gets shot twice in the face. Critical condition, released from the hospital on yesterday. So, 19-year-old George Bush, no relation, of course, to the president, former president of the United States, was wanted for questioning in a recent string of violent crimes, robberies, carjackings, and possibly a murder, decided, I'm just going to go shoot this police officer. I'm already wanted for murder. Why don't I just, you know, go kill a cop, right? So it didn't turn out quite well for George Bush because police tracked him down. He got into a shootout with police, and guess what? They returned fire, as they should have, you know, meet deadly force, respond to deadly force with deadly force. So he was shot and killed right there in Missouri, St. Louis, one of the cities that burned, went up in flames because of Michael Brown. But <laughs> has anything really changed? Because Michael Brown was committing a crime which led to his death. This George Bush decided, oh, I'm going to shoot police, which led to his death. Has anything changed in the city of St. Louis? Has anything changed in Missouri? But there are other officers shot and killed or shot at, shot on this past Sunday. It happened in Florida. It happened in Gladstone, Missouri. A war on police. Remember, many of us go to our office daily. We smile, we joke, we laugh, we talk about people behind their back, we talk about what people are wearing and why are they wearing it. And we never think that, man, someone can just walk in with a gun and shoot me just because. Oh, just because they're having a custody battle. Just because they don't feel good. Just because someone talked about them. No one thinks that, but police not only think it, they live it every day. I tell you, one of the scariest, scariest things for a police officer is to be inside your patrol car in the middle of the night when you can't really see what's approaching you, just sitting there writing a ticket, writing a report or whatever, because you never see it coming. And many police officers, and I was one included, would take the overhead light. You know how bright that is, and it shines. And guess what? It's just like in your house. When you have the lights on and you open the window, and it's dark outside, you can't see anything. All you see is your reflection through the glass, right? Because the lights are so bright. It's the same in the police car. You can't see outside that police car when that overhead light is beaming on you. So many police officers, and I was one, would replace that big bright white bulb with a dim red bulb to at least give us some visibility into what's outside our office. But it's not a sure bet. Let's look what happened this past Sunday to Officer Marconi. Let's look what happened in St. Louis. Officer shot twice in the face. 
Can you imagine your quality of life going forward after being shot twice in the face? Think about that. Because there's somebody right now saying, well, at least he didn't die. That's true. At least he didn't die. He gets to see his wife. He gets to see his three children. But think about the recovery of being shot twice. Not twice in the leg. Not twice in the arm. Think about the recovery. And not even the physical recovery. Think about the mental recovery of being after being shot twice in the face. Because, guess what? The face is the first thing people see, right? So psychologically, what do you think this officer, after serving 20 years, protecting and serving the city of St. Louis, even when it was up in flames because of Michael Brown, what do you think psychologically he's going to go through to recover? And will he ever, ever truly be the same? Think about that. Shot inside his office. And now he has a long road of recovery, not only physically, but psychologically. Think about it. I'm just about out of time. I got to go do more crunches, more sit-ups, more pull-ups, more cardio to get ready for Thanksgiving. But before I go, of course, this is the section of the show where I do my roll call. And I would be remiss. It's only fitting that I talk about Detective Benjamin Marconi of the San Antonio Police Department killed this Sunday, this past Sunday, November 20th at 11.45 a.m. by Mr. Otis Tyrone while sitting in his office during a traffic stop. He was shot and killed, shot once in the head, died instantly. He leaves behind his two children. So while Mr. Otis Tyrone was worried about custody battles, you just left Detective Benjamin Marconi, who served the department 20 years, who probably would have saved Otis Tyrone's life if it came down to it, because that's what police do. They protect and serve. But you decided to take him out because of a custody Hearing, I want to thank Detective Benjamin Marconi for his service to the community of San Antonio for 20 years. My prayers are out to his children, because as we get ready to sit down this Thursday and get fat and get bloated and eat pies, these children are now planning a funeral for their father this Thanksgiving holiday. Think about that. Think how their Thanksgivings going forward will now be. It's not going to be a happy celebration for them. Godspeed to you, Detective Benjamin Marconi. Again, thank you for your service. My prayers to your family. I want to thank you for listening, my loyal listeners, listening to me right here on RadioInfluence.com. I want to wish everyone a very happy and safe, be safe, happy and safe Thanksgiving And I will see you next week. Thank you and good night. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter, at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. 
This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. Radio Influence brings you the best in digital media broadcasting. When it comes to sports, we've got experts like national sports radio host Rich Herrera, the fabulous sports babe, and former Major League Baseball manager Kevin Kennedy. Want a good laugh? Then go on the beach with Pants and Roller Girl, or just LOL with Nancy Alexander. And when it comes to real life, Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger and Beyond the Badge with Vincent Hill will make you think. When it comes to what you want, Radio Influence has you covered. Find our programming on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.